rookie's refusal to run the 40 at the NFL Combine? Is one NFC East team already looking to replace their starting tight end? And is the thief already cashing in on his massive 2022 season? Plus, the $500,000 grand prize winners in the 2022-2023 world-famous FFPC Playoff Challenge, Judd Rosengart, Stephen Aarons, Tim Hall, and Phil Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now watching the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. Welcome to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for analysis from the best players in the world. And now, because... Thank you, Rob. Greetings and salutations to all you Balkaholics. Uh, welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I'm your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman, and my co-host is normally the, the, the definitive commissioner of fantasy football, Farrell Elliott. He is having some uh, electric, uh, electric problems with some severe weather going on uh, tonight in uh That just got a bump on the draft board. Uh, how you should be treating the Packers quarterback situation in your FFPC never too early drafts and the $500,000 grand prize winners in the 2022 2023 world famous FFPC playoff challenge. Judd Rosengart, Stephen Aarons, Tim Hall, and Phil Orban will join us to talk about CD Lamb, Jalen Hurts, their tough decisions in building their big roster, and much more. If you want to connect with us on Twitter, you can do so at HSFF or at Eric. Facebook.com slash HSFFHour and email the show at highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com. If you have any questions for us, now is the time to send them. We'll try to get to all the chat room questions, tweets, and emails in the fantasy feedback segment coming up later in the show. Uh, thanks to our audio engineer and my best friend, Bryce, and our producer and mutual friend, Rob. As a reminder, if you want to win $25,000 in the 2023 FFPC main, uh, main event, in the 2023 FFPC now. Three never too early Superflex Best Ball Tournament at just a $35 entry fee. That's also at myffpc.com. Both of these tournaments will run all the way up to the NFL draft and they will end on April 27th. They're going to follow Best Ball Slim rules, no kickers, no defenses. Have a 20 round draft, 14 week regular season, and single week elimination playoffs from weeks 15 to 17 before we. Two hour clock, six hour clock. Uh, and that's all available at myffpc.com. While you're there, let me tell you about all the great dynasty orphans we have there as well. Plenty of teams that need uh, are in need of good owners, and you can take advantage of getting some pretty good deals on a lot of these dynasty teams that are available at myffpc.com. Just click on dynasty, and then you'll see the link that takes you to all the orphan uh, teams there as well. Uh, myffpc.com is where to go for that. Remember on this video and this channel so you can uh, take advantage of uh, checking out all the great content we have on here, whether it's live draft coverage, whether it's the Road of His High Stakes Lowdown, which is going to be new coming up this Tuesday. Get to that at the end of the show. Uh, or uh, uh, preview, weekly previews that uh, Aiden LaCorre and Dave Tripoli uh, put out. That is going on uh, during the season as well. We got a lot of stuff to get to uh, in the offseason as well. brains and the brawn of this foursome then dominating a self self-proclaimed by the way been dominating home leagues uh since he started playing fantasy football in 2005 uh, a few rocky years early on when he took dante culpepper with the 
the five draft. A proud Texan frequently boasts about how much smarter he is than you. Uh, take his advice because he's, according to him, right 99% of the time. Uh, Tim Hall has been playing fantasy football for a decade and a half plus, mostly in home leagues, dabbled in daily fantasy since I uh, came onto the scene. Prior to this year, Due to skill and 100% of his losses attributable, obviously, only to bad beats. Phil Orban has been playing in and losing fantasy football leagues for decades. The only success he has found is the FFPC playoff challenge with a top 100 finish last year and obviously this year's title. That has lessened the sting of previous failures. Uh, these four guys, $500,000 in the world-famous FFPC playoff challenge uh, this past year. Let's bring him in right now, ladies and gentlemen. Please welcome in. We have Judd Rosengart. We have Tim Hall. We also have Stephen Aarons, and we have Phil Orban. Guys, welcome in. Thanks so much for doing the show tonight. Pleasure. Pleasure. We can Thanks do this for having us. Do this every year. <laughs> I'm excited to talk over each other for the next hour. I'm very excited about that to try to figure out whose turn it is to talk. But Eric, thanks for having us on, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's, it's my fault. I'm having some technical difficulties, so bear with me. Um, as as much as we can, we will get through this hour, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, the first uh, question that I, I'm going to lead off with tonight is is for you, Judd. How did the four of you come together and formulate this roster that ended up winning a half million bucks? Uh I'd like to say that it was nothing but skill, but, you know, we had a little bit of luck on our side. Um, we got together, and we've been doing this the last little while, last few years. We all live in different states, so we don't get a chance to kind of shoot the shit and be together that often. But when playoffs comes around, we make sure we set aside, I don't know, four hours to do this, give or take. We go through, we grind out the, we grind out the rosters, we grind through the life, what's going on with the families. Uh, honestly, it's a lot of fun. I think we all look forward to it. Um you know, there's certainly a, a lot of different viewpoints on this, uh, even though Steven says he's the brawn. Actually, that's it. It's just the brawn. Um, <laughs> but, you know, we go through a lot of things. We spend a lot of time talking through it, a lot of times trying to go against the grain, even though, you know, sometimes the chalk is is king. But, you know, we're doing the best we can. And we had a good finish this year and then or last year. And then this year was just magical. Um, Steven, uh, let's, let's, let's go to this question. Uh, let's go yeah. to you for this question. At what point did it seem like you guys had a pretty good shot at this half million bucks? At what point in the playoffs did it happen? Into the uh, championship weekend, we, we thought there was a legitimate chance that if it was Eagles chiefs, uh, we were in the driver's seat. That, that's pretty much how we felt. We knew we were down. We had run some scenarios of what we needed from Jalen. We had looked at a bunch of the other teams and their rosters and who they likely had. And, and we, we made a determination that it needed to be Chiefs Eagles and Jalen needed to catch up on some of the ground that he was behind AJ Brown and, and uh, Devonta Smith, especially. So once, once, uh, once the Chiefs game ended, we were all pretty excited and started letting it be real that we might win half a million dollars because we, we had the guy. We had the guy that won us half a million dollars. And, um, and Tim, it, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry, yeah, I'm, I'm, I just want to jump in. Like, like for me, it was going into championship weekend. Judd, Judd, and I were the ones that were like keeping an eye on the scoreboard. So Judd and I both, after the divisional round games ended, every like every team in front of us had Josh Allen at quarterback, right? And and the Bills had just lost. And so he found one Jalen Hurts team, and the difference was that team had Debo Samuel and we had Christian McCaffrey. So the bottom line going into that Eagles-Niners game was right. Jalen Hurts has to have, have, a, have a pretty good game, but more importantly, Christian McCaffrey has to outscore Debo Samuel and they have to lose. And that was exactly – like we could not have drawn up a more perfect scenario from that from going into that game to, to the end of the season. It was, it was perfect. I mean, that, that was it for me. Um, Tim, the, uh, the Super Bowl. what were you doing during it? What was the sweat like and how did you guys sort of keep in contact during the big game? Um, so I'm a, I'm a pretty avid skier. Uh, I, I have a group of friends that I go on a annual guys ski trip with every year. And uh, we usually book it in the early fall. 
I mistakenly thought at the time that the Super Bowl was going to be the first weekend in February. So I planned my ski trip with all my friends to be in Montana on Super Bowl Sunday. Um, not a bad time to be with a bunch of your buddies on a trip, but none of the guys that you're looking at right now were on that trip with me. So um, to answer your question, all four of us were in completely separate parts of the country, uh, sweating this whole thing out uh, for two, two straight weeks leading up to it. Um, we kept in contact. We, I think we had, I don't know, 35 group FaceTimes during the Super Bowl, each of them about 15 seconds long, just to say there's a lot of football left. Don't count your chickens. Uh, and then we hung up on each other. But, um, but yeah, the, the sweat was pretty crazy. Uh, these guys are going to laugh. But I basically didn't watch any of the Chiefs' first half drives because I was so nervous leading into the – or watching the entire game. Uh, being in Montana, I felt it was appropriate to go outside, grab the axe, and chop firewood for the fire that we had going. Um, so that's what I did for the first half of the game. The rest of it, I, I watched on the couch intermittently uh, FaceTiming with our with these four guys or three guys. So that's how it went for me. I think we just – did we just lose Eric? <laughs> yeah, let's carry this. Thanks. I'll just I, pay for anyone carry this. watching. <laughs> yeah. We should put up a video of you chopping wood. <laughs> please don't. <laughs> yeah, can, can we add video? No, because it – no. Please it was a wild um, way to watch the Super Bowl, just yeah. needing very specific things to happen. And basically Jalen Hurts to be the best player. And so we were all so intensely watching Eagles plays that anytime there was a Chiefs play, I mean, I wasn't even really paying attention. We were probably texting each other and uh, FaceTiming and, and trying to uh, wait for the next super tense moment when the Eagles were back on the field. It, it was a wild way to watch what objectively turned out to be a really, really good Super Bowl. I was expecting a much bigger sweat in the uh, in the uh, actual Super Bowl because, dude, I, like I've told you guys a story, but for uh, for everybody that's listening and we're just waiting for Eric to get back on, <laughs> um, this is just I'm having the time of my life right now because yeah, awesome. because nobody ever is actually interested in your fantasy team. But guess what? Like we've got a whole thing. If you want to watch it, great. If not, I'm going to tell you about my fantasy team. No, not just any team, no, Phil. The fantasy no. team that won half a million dollars. The, yeah, the, five the, five million. And then the, taxes. The, all right. So, uh, so Eric just emailed us and said uh, uh, his internet keeps going out. He's going to find right. a more stable location. I hope somebody's recording this. Uh, <laughs> oh, there he is. Oh, oh, oh dude, oh. Eric. <laughs> We're doing great. Uh, wait, no. I, just, I was in the middle of a story. What was I saying? Uh, no one saying? cares about your fantasy team, but let's yeah, talk no, 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 ours. no, yeah, yeah, no, but but like I was expecting this big sweat during the Super Bowl, and like literally every single thing happened. Like, like I told you, I sat down with the girls on the couch, and like, uh, uh, I was like, all right, I'm gonna be calm. Like, I told them I'm, I might be like, I might be all like worked up or whatever. So I, I gave them a heads up, and then, uh, and then when, uh, when Gainwell scored the touchdown. I was like, okay, like it, it could have been a better first drive, but like whatever. And then I see that first replay where he's short of the goal line. And I just like shake off my kids. And I'm like, all right, this is like, it's real now. Like if he scores a touchdown, like we were in great shape. Yeah. So dude, it yeah. was dream, dream, it dream, was, dream scenario right off the bat. Dream scenario dude, right off the bat. When, when was, that, that hang it in the loop, we've said it a hundred times, but that picture of Gainwell's elbow down on the ground on the one inch yard on the one inch line so, is was the best possible scenario. Yeah, for the so, first time, cash. The that. first time I saw that, yeah, and then you guys had the uh, had the box, which was incredible. Yes, what, that Whoa. was incredible. So, so I think the next question that Eric wants to ask us is, <laughs> no, no, how no, did no, we no, celebrate? No. Yeah, we're we're getting we're getting we're getting there. We're getting to the celebration. I got no qualms rehashing a half a million dollar night in front. I think, of <laughs> I think everybody right. needs to hear how Judd Rosengart. Celebrated the night. No, it's, yeah, it's, I mean, beautifully. How about that? Very beautifully. Yeah, it was very fun. beautifully and far more wealthy than than the night before. But 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 think think about what happened. Right, the moment where he took the lead was that second quarter t rushing touchdown, and like in that situation, it was fourth and goal for, or fourth and three from the eight, and the Chiefs jumped off sides to give him first and goal from the four. So like that yeah. like 
if Gainwell scores, right, he throws a long touchdown to A.J. Brown. And then, you know, on that play, maybe they turn it over on downs. And then on the last touchdown, maybe Devontae Smith doesn't step out of bounds. So, like, it was it was, uh, it was, was lucky for sure, man. Yeah. I mean, I uh, – what was I just going to say? I'm totally blanking because I'm laughing at this text chain. <laughs> dead air. <laughs> dead air. No, we can't have dead air, guys. we got to keep it going. I know. Listen, man, I'm looking at Eric's rundown, and, and he asked how okay, we celebrate. Right, I'll right, tell right, you sure. guys. All right. All right. Steven, I, I grabbed a bottle. Good. So, so we, we, we all are FaceTiming, as Tim said, probably 35 times throughout the game. Uh, you know, some of us with, with our families, Judd threw a great big party. Tim was getting his Paul Bunyan on. And, uh, <laughs> and, and we just FaceTimed each other and, you know, just couldn't believe that we had won and everybody was doing something different. And uh, I, I wanted to try and do a champagne uh, championship spray. So I went out on the back patio and two of my kids were still out. My wife was there. Another buddy was over and, and I tried to do a champagne spray, but I just threw all the champagne in the air and yeah, clearly had a good, never done good one fun time. Yeah, so it was my first time. To celebrate. Yeah, yeah, not like that. Yeah, next next year we'll be better at, at the celebrations. I yeah. do. So the one thing that I regret is like not capturing more of like the creation, like our initial Zooms to like break down the teams. I would love to have had that zoom recording and then my wife got like one surreptitious like video of me celebrating the second rushing touchdown but like she was like i didn't want to like jinx it you know what i mean like i didn't want to like pull out the phone and like have jalen hurts fumble like he did or whatever that was a great fumble great do you remember when he fumbled huge fumble yeah fumbled he just came and all it did all it did was make him mad it just made him mad and then he just ran the ball into the fucking end zone three Dude, times. What a what a perf- like what a performance to put up forty five uh, point like standard fantasy points with four uh, passing uh, four point passing touchdowns. Forty incredible man. Forty seven yeah. is that what it was? Yeah. I think oh, right. that's what I was gonna say. After the first drive, when Devontae had those three catches for like fifteen yards or whatever yeah. it was, they were meaningless and and everything broke perfectly. Gainwell down on the one inch yard line or one inch line. Jalen scores and we were still not in the lead. I was like, oh man, we're in for a long night. Yeah. Little did I know that it was going to just break even more perfectly for the rest of the night. But that I do recall being very stressed out that the perfect drive still didn't put us into the lead. But yeah, we had a lot of, we had a lot of room to make up though. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Like, a ton we, of we, Yeah, but we uh, we did it. Hey, Tim, I'm curious about where you went after because you it was just me, Judd, and Steven on like four FaceTimes, and then all yeah. of a sudden you showed up in like a honky-tonk. Where'd you oh, go? yeah, I went to some dive bar in Big Sky, Montana. I don't even know. Funny story is I got out of the car. Uh, I was already hammered, slipped on a patch of ice, <laughs> fell right on my ass in the parking lot. People were chirping at me from the, the, the cigarette smokers out front were chirping. And I was like, hey, I don't give a fuck. I just want a half a million dollars. Yeah, that's fucking <laughs> and then I went in and the bartender immediately hated me because I just bought everything for the whole bar. Um, oh, nice. But, that's but fiscally responsible. I was, I was celebrating probably a little too much. Exactly. Made a lot of promises that night, but that's it was a good time. And then you, you hopped on a flight and came home the next day. You broke all <laughs> exactly. But it was a good time. Yeah. Um, and then uh Judd blacked out. He doesn't really know what he did. <laughs> uh, what uh what Steven, what's it what's the next uh, question? To the, to the well, thousand, you, you, know, you want half a million yeah. blackout also? Yeah, yeah, no, 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 yeah, yeah no, I'm no. not I'm not judging, I'm just explaining that's why you don't have anything to add to this conversation. To, to Steve, that what's the next question? Yeah, to that point, Judd, I think everybody wants to know. Yeah, we were pretty wide receiver heavy, and uh, it ended up leading to a five hundred thousand dollar win. So, what what inspired that choice for our group? Well, I can we. I know, I, I know how to win. Porb, stop stealing the microphone. No, no, I'm sorry. Um, I just dead air. I just got to make sure there's no dead air. No, there's no. no it's over them, it's, it's not dead air. You're dead air. Uh, <laughs> certainly <laughs> wasn't Seattle. We didn't go with the Seattle receiver, right, Stephen? You know, Phil said it would have been great to, to see us building our team. Uh, there there were some pretty animated discussions in that four-hour Zoom about <laughs> players. I, I was a big anti-DK. Uh, I wanted to fade. 
the Seahawks, obviously he ended up having a great game. And if we had him, we wouldn't have even been sweating, but thanks, thanks to Tim for insisting on one of our five entries being a Jalen Hurts team, because without that, then, you know, we wouldn't be sitting here. Wide receivers, because you wide receivers. Jump in? Are you yeah, like no. just in the <laughs> <laughs> Listen, See? There's, there's, there's clearly. So why don't you and I just do this? There were three bell cows. Were it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a all skill. the bell cows, and we loaded up behind them with the best tight end in football and the best wide receivers and the best yeah. defense available. Very simple. Load so up okay, on those, load right. up on those high performing wide receivers. Right. So so like we can dive into this conversation about like about like who you should when you should go against the grain and like when you should go with the grain and all that sort of stuff. But like the bottom, like the bottom line is you want to like, it sounds dumb, but like you want to put the best players on your roster. So like, if you try to go different and you go like, we, we had this great conversation after TJ Hawkinson had a great game and Justin Jefferson didn't. And in the thread that, that we had for, you know, the, the entire duration of the playoffs, Judd's like a T a Haw- the Hawkinson team's going to win. Like that's how you win half a million dollars is you have, Hawkinson over Jeff Jefferson. And I was like, no, because like, who's going to fade Justin Jefferson, right? Like 80% of the, of the guys had him. So like you can overcome that. Like, I, I think like the number of people that you have to beat is, can be like overwhelming, but that doesn't mean you have to go against the grain and hit every single one. Like we didn't, you know right. what I'm saying? Like, like we had, like, we didn't have DK Metcalf. Like we didn't have TJ Hawkinson. We didn't have, you know, we had Austin Eckler instead of Gerald Everett, but like, you just got to hit on the quarterback. And like Tim was insistent on having Jalen Hurts. I, I was like, I, I, my, you and I'm, I were I'm bad at fantasy. We were- I'm, <laughs> yeah. Like I'm not like, I'm not good at this. I feel like I'm good at facilitating conversation, keeping everybody's spirits up, but like, I didn't want Jalen Hurts. You know what I mean? I thought, you know, whatever. So, uh, but, 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 yeah. but that's why we were so good. Like I thought we were, we were, uh, we communicated so well as a team like that's why we were able to kind of uh, that, that's why we we're able to do so well. It's like we communicated our right. uh, well. We deferred to each other. Like if somebody was passionate, like everybody had a little piece of this team, which I think was cool. Yeah. All right, all right, gentlemen. Thank you so much. Your podcasting Emmys are on the way for holding. Dude, it that, down was fun. Long. <laughs> that was I, fun. I'm. I'm we can keep it going. This is what twenty <laughs> years of friendship looks like. Exactly. Exactly. And and I I need to have the chemistry. Okay. So forgive me. But how did now? Did, were you guys just free flowing, or, or did we go through the rundown at all? Just so I don't want to repeat. Flow, we just, we just got to question five. Five. Okay. All right. Perfect. <laughs> this, is, this is good. This is good stuff. You guys are pros. All right. So go. once again, we're talking with the half million dollar winners in the world famous FFPC playoff challenge on the high stakes fantasy football hour. Judd Rosengart, Stephen Aaron's, Tim Hall, and of course Phil Orban. So you guys are through question five. So I'm going to go uh, right now. Out of question six, which I believe is for Steven. And I guess I'll ask you this. Like, um, there is a lot of people in this competition that uh, were stuck on Dallas. Tony Pollard. Some people were considering Ezekiel Elliott as a, as a contrarian play. Um, obviously, Dalton Schultz. You guys went with CeeDee Lamb. Ultimately, why did you end up going with CeeDee Lamb? What what put you over the top, uh, Steven, to make sure that, that your cowboy was going to be the wide receiver? The, the answer is diversification, and you kind of hit on it with talking about uh, some some against the grain plays. We did have five entries in this pool, and 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 but knew from participating in prior years that we needed a little bit of diversification. Uh, the Cowboys were a team that, you know, some teams like Phil was just talking about in Minnesota, we weren't going to mess around. Jefferson on every team, odds are everybody else is going to have them too. Christian McCaffrey was a pretty easy choice for us in that way as well. But with the Cowboys, to your point, like there were four realistic options. And, uh, and at one point I even joked that we should have Dak and, and I'm glad nobody listened to me. But, uh, uh, you know, it just so happened that we had CD on this particular roster. Um, I, we, we did have Tony Pollard and I think we had a Zeke as well. So I think we had two CDs and thankfully CD and Jalen were paired and there was definitely a conversation about like where we went different in our rosters, how to slot them and trying pairing certain players together. And uh, again, we, we got super fortunate CD was on this team. Um, you know, I, I think of all the contests that the FFPC offers, 
besides the main event, this is the one that really gets the juices flowing. This one creates the most conversation, the most excitement. Obviously, everybody has, has grinded their way through an entire season, and now this is sort of just the icing on the cake and, and trying to win another half-million-dollar grand prize. But it's not an easy contest to get through. I, I You guys probably know this, um, that, that um, there, there's a ton of content out there from fantasy football pundits on, on the best way to – you know, to win this contest. Now you guys have won this. Okay. You've done you're you're in the 99.999 percentile basically on this. So now that you know this, uh, Tim, I'll throw this to you. Best yeah. piece of advice that you can give somebody, whether they've been trying to win at this contest for years and haven't had any success, or if they're just joining the contest for the first time, this playoff challenge this coming year, what's the best piece of advice you can give them to try to give them a leg up on the rest of the competition? Um, I mean, that's a good question. Uh, I think you know, we touched on it a little bit while you were gone, but I think um, it's not it's not that massive of a tournament. It's not the Millie Maker where there's, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of entries. And um, we we it sounds stupid and simple, but the the best you want to pick the best player on each team <laughs> who's going to score the most fantasy points. And sometimes the chalk's not going to kill you. Um, you got to pick the right chalk when it comes to the teams that have uh, multiple options. But um, with only you know seventy-five, what is it, seven thousand eight hundred entrants? It's not um, you know picking somebody like Brock Purdy isn't going to get you over the hump. It, you know it seems it seems like it's uh, like it's a, a good idea to diversify yourself like that, but it didn't help uh to go that far off the chalk for us so um that that's what i would say and i think that you know as i look at the winners every year it's and, and people you know like i people ask me well what, what's the secret well, i don't know what the secret is but i always say this if i look back on some of the championship rosters you you look at at it from top to bottom and it's kind of like wow i can't believe something that chalky won and usually there is a lot of chalk in, in the lineup, um, but it's just usually like one, two, maybe three players that you're like, oh, okay, so that was what that was the correct guy there. That was the pivot where I should have pivoted yep. off the chalk. The rest of it, I mean, Travis Kelsey, Jalen Hurts, it, it ain't brain surgery, right? right? And 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 I think that's what it comes down to sometimes. Yeah. That those couple of decisions. Right. I mean, I think the 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 major diversify diversification for us was the Miami defense. Um, mm -hmm. We got super lucky that they that Josh Allen turned the ball over a bunch of times in their game. They scored a defensive touchdown, and that may have been the the whole key to everything for us. So, Phil, I, and I guess this this kind of touches on the next question I have for you. When you look back, and I know you guys put in five of them, um, but when you look back on this specific roster, was there any gnashing of teeth, butting of heads um, that you know you came this close? to pivoting off of an incorrect player in this? What was the toughest decision that you guys made in this specific roster that won? I'm, I'm so glad you asked me that question, uh, Eric, uh, because yeah, like, so the one thing that we were talking about um, when we were just, when we were just kind of chatting alone, um, when, when we, I, I wish that we had recorded the zoom of us picking the teams because we, we talked for so long that, that I can't remember like why we started each, each person in each place. Right. But I, I remember at one point we looked at two rosters and we said, we have too many running backs here. And we have too many wide receivers here. And we just shifted a couple guys and we were like, all right, that's good. But like, obviously Jalen hurts won us the championship and, and Steven and I both were against that and Tim pushed for it and Judd supported it. And I think I think one of the keys, if you are collaborating with other people, is like you really have to listen to each other. Like you really have to like trust in each other, and and not think that like because because I I didn't believe in him, right? Like as I'm as embarrassed as I am to say, like obviously I'm the biggest Jalen Hurts fan in the world right now. But I was like, <laughs> hey, I was like, hey, like like give me a Josh Allen, like. But uh, to Tim's credit, he was like, no, like we need to have an NFC quarterback. Jalen Hurts is the guy, Russian quarterback. And he he obviously won us that that championship. Like I remember fighting for Christian Kirk because um, he was a guy that um, I had in our league um, as a keeper. And I traded him before the season for Elijah Mitchell. And I was like, really, I really didn't want to do that because I really, really, really believed in Christian Kirk. And he, he blew up during the regular season. He had a great year. So I was like, I'm not going to make that same mistake again. Like, let, let's make sure we have Christian Kirk on, on the roster. 
Um, like everybody had their own little piece of this team, which I think is like so cool. Like yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm the first one to, to like, <clears throat> put up my hand and say like, we wouldn't have won this if it wasn't for you guys. Um, right. But like, I'm glad that like I found that but little piece for, for me. You know? to, to Phil's point, as hard as I pushed for Jalen Hurts, I was also pushing for Zay Jones. <laughs> and you guys said, <laughs> absolutely not. We're going Kirk. Because uh, I was trying to be contrarian. Did the, did the Knicks pull it off, Judd? I don't know. Julius has had a six shot. But yeah, so to, to, exactly to Phil's point, like I spoke up. I was adamant that we needed to have Jalen Hurts. I also said, I think Zay Jones is a nice zig to everybody else's zag. And they all said, you're nuts. One game, what, one year not, playoff game. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, you you have a guy who has one good game for you, and you and you you're tied to him for a long time. But uh, but yeah. Um. So let so I, I and I, I this has been awesome hearing the story about the playoff challenge. I do want to touch on, and we'll for the second half of the show we'll touch on more stuff that's going on right now, news wise, um, rookies, NFL combine stuff that's going on, and free agency trades and everything like that. The first thing I'll kick it off with this, and Judd, this one's for you. If anybody is drafting, who's watching this right now, drafting in the FFPC Never Too Early Best Ball Tournament, um, who should they be assuming is going to be the starting quarterback for the New York Jets? Look into the Rosengard crystal ball and tell me <laughs> who's under center week one for New York. All right. So the Rosengard crystal ball says do not draft any Jet quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't matter. Uh, it feels like it's, like it's going to be Carr. Uh, unless the, the Jets pull a miracle, maybe they'll pay Danny Dimes $47 million and steal him from the Giants. But I, it, it feels like it's going to be Carr. Everything Salah's saying, everything that the, the tabloids, everything the news, talk radio is saying is great, great meeting with Carr. It, it feels like through and through he's, he's coming. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers is still sitting in darkness. So <laughs> He's out of the darkness now. He's out yeah, of you heard, I heard. He, Two he days ago, out of the darkness. darkness. He, he is out of the darkness, but he's keeping us in the dark on yes. what he's going to do. That's the issue. We're still in the dark here. Yeah. Um, which the is, car is coming to, to New York, though. Right. Um, so let me – so piggyback on that, Judd. Garrett Wilson, wide receiver 11 right now. I think I've said it on this show before. Wide receiver 11 in the never-too-early best ball tournament. Shout-out to FantasyMojo.com, at FantasyMojo on Twitter, Darren Armani, the godfather of the FFPC pros versus Joes. Anytime we cite ADP data on this show – it's, it's because of his website, and I'm looking at it right now. Wide receiver 11 at the 209. And like I said, I think I've said this on the show before. Does it feel like people are already drafting a guy like Garrett Wilson? Again, se second year in the NFL, going in the mid to late second round. Don't you feel like people are already drafting him, assuming that his quarterback is going to be a significant upgrade? They haven't had it yet, and yet people are drafting Wilson that way. So I actually wouldn't even say it's like, I think people are drafting him on solely the fact that it's not going to be Zach Wilson. Right, because mm -hmm. statistics have shown as long as it's that it's not Zach Wilson throwing him the football, that guy's gonna blow up week in, week out. And if your ADP is showing him as wide receiver eleven, clearly people agree. I mean, Salah's all the Salah's conversations, all of his interviews, he has not backed Wilson at all. He's backed Mike White. He said good things about Carr, but it's very clear to me that they are just sorry. It is very clear to me that uh, as long as anyone does Zach Wilson throwing him the ball, he's he's gonna be good. I'm going to let you lead off uh, this question as well, Judd. Um, th this is, quite frankly, what everybody wants wants to hear. I always think about um, the, the Italian job, the movie, the, the remake, not the original, where they, they rob, they, they get all the gold, um, and then they, they roundtable it and they decide, okay, let, let's talk about it. What are we buying? And they all go back and forth of, of what they want to buy. You guys are taking home uh, $500,000. I don't know how it's being divvied up amongst you. But I'll, I'll kick it off with you, Judd, and then uh, Tim will go to you, and then Steven, and we'll wrap up with Phil. But what are you guys – have you already spent the money? What are your plans for the money? Give us all the dirty details. Yeah, so we'll start off nice things for the family. Um, that's first <laughs> and foremost. And then immediately following uh, Final Four weekend, we're going to Vegas, baby. We're going to Vegas, and we're going to have a blast. Uh, can't wait. I mean, this is this is like this is a lottery ticket right here. So, um Lots of lots of good things to spend it on. There's no shortage of money to spend. Uh, I'm sure we've all got different ideas, but I can guarantee one thing is, is we'll be together in Vegas in four weeks from today, right? Three weeks from today. Four right. weeks from four weeks. Four weeks right. from no, today. We'll be in Vegas. Now, now you got to get this this timeline right because I don't want Tim to book a skiing trip again <laughs> and, and miss out on that. <laughs> 
So we God don't forbid. want that. Um, yeah. What about you, Tim? What, any any anything specifically that you want to spend on in Vegas? Uh, Will there be no. lavish dinners and everything? No. Like what are what are we doing? Yeah, we we've got a couple of reservations uh, booked already. To uh, we're we're gonna stay at at Aria. Um, what are the restaurants, guys? Forgive, I I can't remember. Steven, you know, we're going to Carbone. Okay, yeah. So a couple nice dinners. Hopefully, uh, hopefully make Vegas free, if not more profitable than we have than we've already been. Um, don't have any big ticket items yet, but you know, I'm old, lame. I've got kids. <laughs> probably, probably invest it. Uh, <laughs> maybe, are the families? Maybe, are the, like Hudson Kern Reeve, our, our resident Ivy League professor from from Cornell, wants to know: Are you guys bringing the wives, the families? Are they coming to Vegas, or is this strictly a guys' weekend? <laughs> Major point of contention. Uh, good question. Yeah, if if we're, if this is a safe space, it's it's just a guys' trip. But uh, <laughs> but if you if you spoke to our better halves, they might have uh, they might think otherwise if, that we probably should have invited them to come with us but uh but we felt it was just you know the four of us did it, it it's worth it for the four of us to to get away for a little bit and celebrate together so um steven what's the guilty pleasure that that you want to be investing in with this newfound windfall well i i like to play blackjack and uh <laughs> I've, I've done pretty well playing blackjack with my own money so i'm excited to uh do it with uh, FFPC. Well, not theirs, but every, all of ours money. Everybody else's okay. money. Uh, okay. <laughs> no, but and for me, like we're all dads. I got four kids, and uh, I just bought a house in September. So, uh, not not too many splurges. Just uh, just trying to be responsible. I've, I've splurged before, and uh, <laughs> can confirm. So, uh, but no, man. Just 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 having a good time. Doing doing a fun trip with the wife, doing this trip with the boys, and uh, and then just just uh, sitting on the rest after I turn it. You know, I'm gonna try and ten X in Vegas. We'll see what happens. But <laughs> now that's that's a good fantasy football team name, ten X yeah. in Vegas for sure. Um, oh, that's brilliant. Right, exactly. Exactly. Now, Phil, we got we got Vegas trip, lavish dinners. We have blackjack gambling. What peppers are you adding to this uh, this cash gumbo? I'm. I'm- so 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 here's the deal like like vegas is is a special place for me and my wife like i love we love going there together like we have so much fun together but like the great thing about vegas is is you can go 50 times and have 50 different experiences so like we're gonna go out and like what i'm really pumped about is saturday night um for the for the final four games we're going to the westgate sportsbook Mm -hmm. and we're just posting up there all day like on a couch just like eating and drinking watching basketball and like i would never do that with my wife you know what i mean like we would we would be at the pool or like you know what i'm saying be like be doing other fun stuff you know what i'm saying so um it's cool to be able to like experience that part of just like go to a sports book watching the games playing black you know what i'm saying so it's 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 gonna be fun i'm excited so okay so by the way all fantastic i'm i'm incredibly jealous but i'm also incredibly happy for all you guys that you guys get to experience this together um and you guys were all if i remember correctly you're all terrapin frat frat brothers university of maryland right we were there when they were good though yeah 20 (laughs) 20 20 years ago yeah two decades now now that was was that steve blake juan dixon oh yeah Okay. Now all you're right. speaking our language. All right, I got it. I got it. Got it. Um, all right. So let's now we're talking. We talk college basketball. I want to uh, shift the the focus now to, to college football. Among you guys, when you play in your season long fantasy leagues, is there one of you guys that that tends to focus in on the rookies and overdrafts the rookies? Steven, is that you? That's you. All right. Well, I'm better than them. Uh, <laughs> so in the league that we play together, uh, it's it's. It's like a hybrid uh, keeper dynasty league, and we have a separate rookie draft. And uh, out of everyone in our league, I have leveraged the rookie draft uh, the best. I turned the first pick one season in, uh, that would have been Leonard Fournette into Dalvin Cook and Christian McCaffrey. And based on our keeper rules, I, I had those guys for four years. Um, so, yeah, uh, I guess I'm the rookie guy. I love rookies. And, and Chef's I'll, kiss on that deal. I'll be trying to get – Bijan Robinson. Um, and, okay. Now you, go ahead. He's, he's, he's mine. He's hard, hard earned. He's mine. Bijan Robinson. Okay. 
So let me ask you guys, Stephen, I'll, I'll throw this to you. Um, Jackson Smith and Jigma, Ohio State receiver, says he's going to participate in every drill except for the 40-yard dash. This is according to Dan uh, Hoper on Twitter. Now, um, Smith and Jigba, we, we never thought he was going to be a speed maven. I look back at his 2021, he crushed all these Big Ten receiving records, and that was with Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson on the team. And he was the guy. Now, last year he was dealing with a soft tissue injury, and now he's being knocked down the, the, the draft boards a little bit. In fact, I'm trying to find right now where he is going in the uh, never-too-early um, best ball tournament, uh, and it is right in front of me. Wide receiver 35 at the 703. He may not be the first receiver drafted in the NFL draft. I'm curious, Stephen, what your plans are going to be for him uh, this season. I know it depends upon landing spot, but your thoughts on Smith and Jigba, the prospect coming into the NFL. Yeah, so I'm, I'm pretty excited. I, I, I'm going to try and draft. He's a target for me in the rookie draft, and uh, I, I – I, I am a big believer in rookie wide receivers. Obviously, the last enough handful of years, we've seen these guys um, come into the league right away and do amazing things. In fact, I Justin Jefferson is one of uh, another player I took in our rookie draft that led me to a title. So, uh, you know, I'm thinking that uh, the same thing might happen here. Okay, so I, I and I, I feel like myself, huh? <laughs> I, 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 I'm just being sure who I am, run. Judd. Afraid to end the run. Um, so I, I wanted to switch off to, to somebody else, but Steven, I think I'm going to let you handle this next one too. Michael Gelkin is reporting that there's little momentum towards Dalton Schultz returning to the Cowboys. You are the resident Texan on this show right now. At least I was, you're the only guy in Texas, right? That's I'm true. a Cowboys fan though. But, oh, but I, okay. Yeah. Throw it to Judd. Cause yeah. I, I, okay. uh, Judd, enlighten I us. For my fantasy teams. I don't have NFL allegiances. Okay. <laughs> so now it sounds like Tony Pollard, might be fran uh, franchise tag. Dallas already drafted Jake Ferguson uh, last season. He could be the starter this year. It sounds like Schultz is moving on. And what, what I think is compelling about this is Dalton Schultz right now in the never-too-early tournament, he's still being drafted as a top-10 option in the early seventh round. John, this is probably a mistake because he could end up being somewhere. Like, I feel like if he's going to go anywhere to, to, to still re maintain that fantasy value, it's got to be in Dallas, and it doesn't sound like it's going to be in Dallas. Yeah, he's probably he's, he's probably not going to be there. I mean, he's he's somewhat deemed himself to be replaceable based off of some of the other tight end production that we've seen. I mean, the reality is no matter who you, who you put behind Dak, he's going to catch the ball, and he's going to be a stud. Poor Jack. He's our newest Cowboys fan of the, of, of the regime. Uh, I can't imagine that, that Dalton's going top 10, having no idea where he's going to be, but it doesn't feel like he's going to be on the Cowboys. Pollard's yeah, going to franchise tag, and he's going to he's gonna be off to the races. Yeah, I, I just – well, and I'll tell you this, and Tim, I'll throw this one to you. He is going right behind. The tight end nine is is somebody I have dubbed the thief, uh, and that's Evan Engram because the, the over the course of his career, he's dropping balls, couldn't stay on the field. He put it all together in Jacksonville last year, which just happened to me in his contract year. And now it sounds like he's going to be franchise tag. This according to ESPN's Adam Schefter. It's worth just over $11 million. Now, Evan Ingram, this is, see, I'm, I'm skittish about this, Tim, because he had such a great season last year. But I always, you know, uh, Cecil Lambie for football guys always says, beware the career year. And that was his career year. And now he's going as tight end nine, not the value he was going at last year. Can he do it? Well, I know he can but will he do it again? Will he do something close to what he did in 2022 with Trevor Lawrence and Jacksonville in 2023, Tim? No, I would, uh, I would fade him if, uh, when it, when I have the chance, because I just don't see him repeating that. Like you said, it, the contract year brings out, uh, a great performance in a lot of people and, and paying for past performance is not worth it. So I, I, I don't see him doing that again. I think the first the first seven years of his career was a, was a better indication, or I don't even know how far he is into his career, but I, I think it's safe to say last year was an aberration uh, as opposed to the new norm. Um, okay. So we got, um, I think that's all I had for, yeah, that's all I had for the first segment. So let's go, or the second segment, let's go on to, to answer some emails here and Phil, I'm going to throw you the first email. Uh -oh. No, I'll tell you what, Phil, let me, before we get to emails, let's talk about Tampa Bay. Um, they released Cameron Bray. Uh, Five million dollar cap hit uh, is is what he was going to be in Tampa, and he had an injury shortened year, obviously with the concussions. He had a neck injury, but Cade Otten, 
And I'll tell you this too, in, in some conversations I had with some high stakes players before last season started, they actually thought that Kate Otten was going to be the guy to, coming out of the gates last season. Now that didn't happen, but Otten eventually took over for, uh, for Brayton and actually was pretty good um, going forward. This isn't Phil, this isn't necessarily a Cam Brayton question. It's more of a Kate Otten question. We don't know who the quarterback is, but if it is a younger player, they tend to gravitate towards tight ends. And, and I feel like Kate Otten might have some sneaky good fantasy value this year, especially when he's considering that, that he's actually – I'll look up his ADP right now. He's tight end 32 in the 18th round. He's basically free, and he could be the starting tight end. Yeah, I mean, I, like when you put into context like where he's being drafted, sure. But but if doesn't it feel like it's just like a full reset in Tampa, though? You know what I'm saying? Like, And, and at some point – like, and. I'm a big situation guy. And the one point that you left out of my bio is that you really shouldn't listen to any advice I have fantasy wise <laughs> because I'm just like a perennial loser and nobody wants to hear about my injury luck or whatever, but, but I'm a big, <laughs> I do. I'm a big, <laughs> I, I'm a big situation guy. Like a guy has to be in a good situation and it doesn't matter how good they are. Like some guys are matchup proof and like are quarterback proof and, and all that sort of stuff. But like, but I feel like if you're going to swing with a guy like Kate Otten, like you have to be really sure about the quarterback position, the offensive line, the other weapons around him. Like, I don't know. You were just talking about Evan Ingram and I'm, I'm worried about Calvin Ridley coming in and, and mm -hmm. stealing catches and things like that. So I, I just, it's these, these like off in the distance, th those are so hard for me because you know, talking about rookies now, not even knowing what, what team they're going to. And, and is this running back going to fit in this system? Like, it's just, it, it's so hard to pick, but gut for me is like the bucks may be like a fade just might be like a, they're resetting. They're going to try to find their quarterback. They have a lot of pieces to replace. They threw a bunch of stuff together and it got them a super bowl, but now they have to kind of figure out the cap and reset and all that sort of stuff. I, I mean, I wouldn't. All right, so we'll move on to emails here. And the first one is from John in Tampa, Florida. Before I read it, I need to know which one of you of the four is in Aaron Rodgers' inner circle. Is there any of you who is in Aaron Rodgers' inner circle? Any at all? No one? No one? Okay. That's Steven. Okay, Steven, let, let's have you handle yeah, it. Give it to Steven, I think. Okay. Who starts at quarterback in Green Bay this season, guys? That is from John in Tampa. Thank you for the email. Steven? What what do you think? Could be Rodgers, could be Love. If you're hey, drafting right now, who do you assume it's going to be? Well, I, I assume it's going to be Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I just – he – everything he has shown us is he does a lot of things for attention, but he has yet to do anything in his career that has actually, um, you know, jeopardized what he's comfortable in and, and how he thrives. And I, and I think he – he thrives on having complete autonomy to like be his true Aaron Rodgersness there. I don't think he's going to have that elsewhere. I mean, I, you know, everybody's drawing the lines of Vegas. Uh, we'll let you know if we see him, but uh, I, I think it's, he's going to be, he's going to be in Green Bay. Um, what about, um, okay. Does anybody, now you guys play in a dynasty or a keeper league. Does, who has, is there art? Who has the Lamar Jackson share in that league? Is it one of you guys? No, he'll be, be, be a Redskin, which Tim will be happy to hear. Yes. Okay, okay, so Commander. Tim, Commander. Commander. Now, now, so, so, so Tim, Darren in Akron, Ohio wants to know, should I be drafting Lamar Jackson as if he'll be in Baltimore in 2023? I know you are hoping he is a commander, but will he be a commander in 2023? <laughs> uh, truthfully, I don't, I don't actually see that happening. Uh, I mean, I can hope, but I don't see – I think they're going to go with Sam Howell in Washington, but um, should should you draft Lamar Jackson? I think regardless of where he's playing, he's a threat on the ground, and that that makes up significant ground in the in the quarterback position in fantasy. So whether he's in Baltimore or wherever he ends up, I you know he's definitely a starter in a in a ten or twelve person. 12 team fantasy league. So yes. Um, but can you, can he redo his MVP season? I'm not sure. All right. So let me throw this out because Tim, I, everything you just said, I totally agree with, but then this is in the back of my mind. Lamar Jackson is, has no NFL agent. So th there's, that's pretty rare in the NFL. Lamar okay. Jackson, according to reports is asking for more guaranteed money than anybody has ever been paid in the NFL. Another outlier. 
if he stays in Baltimore, and if no one is going to pony up a couple of first-round picks for the right to pay him $250 million, which I can understand why teams would not want to do that. Yeah. At least to me, there is a non-zero chance that this guy gets franchise tagged and he refuses to play under the tag. And then if you drafted him, then what do you have? That's the only concern yeah. I have with Lamar Jackson this year. Is that valid? I think that's a very valid point. Yeah, We've seen it before where players just refuse to, to play. Le'Veon Bell, uh, that's the, the first example I can think of where people wasted a high a high draft pick on somebody that played zero snaps for an entire year out of uh, a matter of principle. And, you know, if he can't get it uh, this year, I think if I'm Lamar Jackson and I didn't have an agent and I think I'm worth X amount of dollars – and they're not going to give me that this year. Somebody will next year if I sit mm-hmm. out. So, um, yeah, that that's a good point. That's a good point that maybe maybe you're knocking back a couple a couple yeah, picks I mean, on, Eric, on is, the QBs what is, here. What is, your, what is your data show us? Uh, okay, so so here's going right now. Here's my personal take. I have Lamar Jackson in three dynasty leagues. I have not sent out any offers uh, for for you know for somebody to take them off my hands. Um, maybe that's a mistake, but that's the way I've been handling it right now. Now, in redraft, in our never-too-early best ball tournament, the FFPC, guys, he is going as quarterback seven right now. Quarterback seven, just behind Fields, it's just too behind, high. behind Herbert. I totally agree. It's too high in, in the early four. I beg your pardon, in the late fourth round. Give me Trevor Lawrence later. Give me Deshaun Watson, Dak Prescott much later, uh, Kirk Cousins, Daniel Jones, uh, Jared Goff. You know, all these guys are going much later than, than, than him. I could think of so many better ways to spend a fourth or even a fifth round pick on uh, players that who I know are going to play that this franchise tag thing is not okay. hanging over their heads where I don't, I think he'd play under the tag, but he doesn't have an agent. He's asking for all this guaranteed money. I don't know what this guy is capable of. So that's, that's my concern is, is um, just, it's, it's too much of an unknown. All but, right. but, but, but Go on ahead. the same hand, <clears throat> but on the same hand, if you get, Lamar Jackson in the fifth round, and he plays, and he's Lamar Jackson. Then you've won your league. So, like and that, so be, that, that, that's the only counter argument. And and and, and that's a fair argument because there will because this is a tournament tournament ADC like I'm referring to. And and when you're talking about winning, you know, beating out thousands of people to try to win this, um, Lamar Jackson, at, at least as far as one of your teams in the fourth or fifth round, and if he does play, then all of a sudden you have a leg up on everybody. I go back to um, the football guys players championship. Um, God, what was that? Three years ago, I want to say. Remember the whole Tyree Kill thing where it was right before the draft, right? And um, the we were worried that Tyree Kill would never play football again based on some of the off-the-field stuff that we had heard about. The, the Chiefs themselves invested a second-round pick into McCole Hardman, and then he played that year. Well, he was going in like the 11th, 12th round. So anybody who took advantage of that obviously, um, you know, had it should have had a great season. Although, ironically, I don't think he was among any of the top five finishing teams in the Football Guys Players Championship that year, which is kind of weird. Besides besides the point. Yeah, but I want to move on. Yeah, but Eric, that's also a distinct difference there, right? So getting Tyreek in the 11th versus getting Lamar as the seventh-ranked quarterback or mm-hmm. seventh-pick quarterback. So let's say he wasn't even franchise tagged and this was still going on. He'd be, what, the fifth, right? Yeah. I don't know, fifth, sixth, fourth. There's just – there, there's way too much risk to going on, on, on right. seven quarterback it, there. For someone that we don't even know where he's going to be. Right. right? Yeah. I, don't, I don't think it's the same as Tyree killing the eleven. No, and and it's I don't I don't I I I don't want to make it seem like it's the same thing. I think there's it's there's an analogy there that that you can see some similarity between the two, but it's certainly not the same thing. And I'll tell you this, and this is the difference. And I, I feel like I bring this up on the show every week. Longtime high stakes fantasy football player Baker Boy Joe Delzanero. Um, the, the wisdom of Baker Boy, he always said there's no such thing as a bad draft pick after round 10. In other words, get your first 10 picks right and then go hog wild because you can't screw up those back 10. Tyreek Hill was in the 11th round. Can't yeah. be a bad pick at that point. Can't miss and, a throw. Can't miss exactly. A yes. All right. So um, let's go to Judd on this one. Uh, let's see. Where's my email here? Tom in Atlanta. Uh, what's up, fellas? I've read conflicting reports on whether Keenan Allen is going to be with the Chargers again this year. What do you all think? Uh, what do y'all think? I got to get that Southern. What do y'all think? Uh, thanks, guys. That's Tom in Atlanta. Um, so, so Judd, you, you gave us the lowdown on Dalton Schultz. What's your feeling on Keenan Allen? We've heard reports that he's going to be released. And then I think it was the GM that came out at the combine and said he's not going anywhere. 
Who are we believing? How are we drafting Keenan Allen this year as a charger or a non-charger? <laughs> I mean, tough to say. This is this is why I personally don't do drafts this early in the season. <laughs> right. uh, it is it is for me. We're, we're we're still evaluating Herbert, right? I think Herbert was actually a massive failure compared to what he was supposed to be last year. And if I'm the Chargers, I'm going to put all the weapons around him that I can. I mean, Mike Williams has produced produced well, but he can't stay on the field um, when Keenan's there. He's a stud, but you know the last three, four years he's been healthy. The rest of his career, he's he hasn't really been there. Depends on what Keenan is asking for. Depends on how much money they're willing to throw at him. But you know, if I'm the Chargers, and I know there's a lot of things going on with Staley, and there's a lot of things going on with regardless of what that future looks like in in there, because I think we can all agree that they're underperforming. But one of the ways to keep them elevated and keep them up there is make sure that offense that offense flows. Um, Phil, let's let's uh, go to you with this, and I'm going to post it right on the screen right now. Hudson Kern Reeve uh, wants to know how do you like Rashad White in 2023? We know I don't know if Fournette's been released yet, but I know the plan is that the Buccaneers are releasing him if they haven't already. Um, but Rashad White is is I guess at the top of the depth chart right now. Um, I, I want to get your thoughts, Phil, on on Rashad White in 2023, knowing that there's still a pretty good free agency class out there. There's still a really good rookie class. Um, maybe the, the thing is right now, Rashad White, you don't want to draft him at this point. You want to wait till he dips down in value. I don't know your thoughts. Yeah. I, I mean, we're back to the bucks, right. And, and back to my, my thought of they're, they're trying to do too much to the team to try to reset, get their salary cap in order, um, to really trust anybody. But like, <clears throat> excuse me, when you look at a guy like Rashad White, again, I look at the situation and if he's a volume guy, if he's that RB one and you look, you know, are they going to draft? Are they going to draft a running back? I, I wouldn't think so, just because they have so many other needs that they need to fill in the draft. Um, but I wouldn't necessarily, and I, th- I think they're happy with Rashard White, uh, Rashard White as well. Um, so I don't think there's any reason to fear uh, fear like a rookie. And again, they have so many holes to plug that that having somebody there that they can rely on that they've shown they can rely on that Tom showed he had trust in, you know, that, that had to show that had, had to kind of show that, that, uh, that he had the, the coaching staff's trust as well. Um, feels like, feels like Rashard white may be the buck to, to kind of lean on just because of volume. There, I'm, I'm a big running back volume guy. If you can get a guy that can get enough touches, like why not? So with Fournette out of the way, I, I would, I, w- I would take a flyer with Rashard white. White is uh, smack dab uh, right between Tyler Algier and James Conner right now in the never too yeah, early yeah. press call. Uh, running back 26 um, at the uh, 801. So I, I think there's some value there at that. You know, I don't know if he actually spikes up a little bit now with this Fournette release. Um, and then maybe he goes to, to at a higher price that you wouldn't like. But, I mean, the thing is, you know, if you can get that kind of value on him and then maybe they draft a day three guy, um, and and nobody else threatens him. Well, then it's wheels up for Rashad White for, for yeah, sure this, week, yeah. this year. And I think you make some good points about that. Steven, you've been quiet. I'm going to fix that right now with our final email of the evening. It is from Stan in Oak Brook, Illinois. Good evening, gentlemen. Do you guys think DeAndre Hopkins is going too high in the Never Too Early tournament at the moment? Well, I can tell you this, by the way. Thank you. That is Stan and Stan in Oak Brook, Illinois. I appreciate that. Um, if you look at Hopkins ADP, Wide receiver 17, Stephen. He is going at the 407. It's right behind uh, Debo Samuel, and he's right ahead of Amari Cooper. That's where he is going, wide receiver 17. Knowing what's going on in Arizona and also knowing that he could be dealt, you feel like you would be wanting to be in business with DeAndre Hopkins at the 407 or looking for somebody else there? That's a tough question. I mean, Nuke Hopkins is, is the man. I, I've, I've owned him in years past or had him on my roster. I obviously didn't own him. Uh, right. Had him on my roster. He, he's, he's, he's a beast. He's a beast. But, uh, you know, I think Arizona, and this is an approach I took last year in fantasy, is just kind of a dumpster fire that you don't really know what's happening. And, and sure, he could blow up, but uh, that's probably a team I'm fading in all respects. I don't really like Kyler Murray because he went to OU and it's uh, whatever. It's like 9.59 in Austin, Texas, and OU still sucks. But um, <laughs> I, I just – it, the company that he's keeping where you said he's drafting uh, right by Debo and, and Amari, I'd rather have Amari. Um, call, call me crazy for believing in year two of uh, – or a first full season of Amari and Deshaun Watson, but – to the extent that Deshaun Watson can find some of that mojo, 
uh, Amari catches everything. Maybe Amari could be like D Hopkins was to Deshaun Watson when they were putting magic together in Houston. So just in that example alone, I'd, I'd rather have the upside and stability of Amari Cooper over the question marks with a guy like Hopkins. Uh, gentlemen, Cowboys. Yes, yes, exactly. The Cowboys um, never should have gotten rid of Amari. I and, totally agree with you. Totally and, agree. And, and look at what happened. I mean, you think about um, they, they paid Michael Gallup, right? And and I understand he's coming off the ACL, and we'll see what he does this year, with, you know, the first full year coming off the ACL. But, man, it's – they got no production on the other it side. It just of the seemed field. like they did that because that was the only way CD Lamb was going to blossom. But they should have figured out how to both coexist, and they'd be awesome. But you know, they're not trying to be the number one offense in the NFL. So they're trying to be the number one team in the NFL. Uh, Mike McCarthy, <laughs> good for him. Um, I have learned so much tonight, guys, from you, and I feel like I have so much more to learn. Because as soon as I end the show, which is I'm, what I'm going to do in the next couple of minutes, I have to go back and watch what I missed. So I can learn more as I was in transit to my other location. Thank you so much. I am deeply indebted to all of you guys for, for holding the fort down. While not only uh, I was gone, but my co-host was gone as well. And you guys held it down. Congratulations. Good for you. Um, I hope you enjoy Vegas. I hope it's an, it, it's an awesome time. It's, it's uh, full of epic memories for you guys. You certainly earned it. Um, I think we, have, um, we, we had Hudson Kern-Reeve giving you guys props. Um, you guys deserve everything you got for winning that 500 grand. I hope you enjoy it. And thank you so much for, for coming on the show tonight. I, I really, truly appreciate it. Enjoy your weekend. And uh, good luck in all your leagues this season, too. Thanks, man. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. That Thanks, was fun. fun. Appreciate thank it. You. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Phil Orban. That was Stephen Aarons. That was Judd Rosengart. And that was, of course, Tim Hall, ladies and gentlemen, joining us uh, tonight here on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, the winners of the 2022-2023 FFPC World Famous Playoff Challenge $500,000 grand prize. Congratulations to them. Good guys. Good conversation. And uh, I only saw half of it. So it's it's going to be great when I watch this back. I want to thank uh, um, Rosengart, Aaron's Hall, and Orban. Of course, I want to thank the FFPC, Rob, Bryce, and of course, each and every one of you uh, for hanging out with me this evening uh, and, and everybody else uh, that was on the show tonight. We are live next Friday at 10, 9 central. Well, we're hoping to get Farrell Elliott back on. We should have Farrell Elliott back on. Uh, the Road of His High Stakes Lowdown is going to come back again for the March episode. It goes live at 10, 9 central this Tuesday night right here on the FFPC YouTube channel with 2022 FFPC Never Too Early Best Ball Tournament $25,000 champion John Terry. The tournament's going on right now. You want to get an edge, John Terry will tell you how he won last year's tournament. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Show on the Better Sports Network goes live on Thursday night at 7, 6 central on the BSN app. We might be able to get it on uh, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, uh, as well as my personal accounts, uh, Twitch, my, my Twitch, as well as uh, the FFPC's um, Twitter, Facebook, and you like it, it'll be all it'll be plastered all over the internet. That's the hope. On Thursday night, we had Chad Parsons from Under the Helmet Dynasty and uh, Football Guys this past Thursday. This Thursday, from the Late Round Quarterback and the Living the Stream podcast, JJ Zacharyson will co-host with me for the full two hours. A reminder: if you're looking for some action this weekend, win twenty-five thousand dollars in the FFPC Never Too Early Best Ball Tournament. Just one hundred and twenty-five bucks to enter at myffpc.com. While you're there, you can also enter. Uh, just $35 entry fee to win uh, $5,000 in the 2023 FFPC uh, Never Too Early Superflex Best Ball Tournament. Um, both of them are slim formats, no kickers, no defenses, 20-round draft, uh, three weeks of playoffs. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun last year. We'll ask John Terry about that on Tuesday. He had a blast. You'll have a blast playing it again this year as well. If you're looking for fantasy football action 365 days a year, look no further than myffpc.com. Plenty of plenty of dynasty orphans uh, for you to pick up there right now. You can cash in on a ton of really good deals, a lot of reduced prices, uh, uh, teams out there right now, and uh, they're ready to compete this year. A large majority of them are ready to compete this year. Uh, you can adopt the or orphan team today at myffpc.com. The prices range anywhere from $77 uh, to $2,500. But again, some of those are discounted even further down than that. Remember to like, subscribe, comment, share, and get notified uh, every time we go live on this channel. Like I said at the top of the show, there's a ton of great stuff we do on here with myself, Farrell Elliott, Dave Tripoli, Aiden LaCorey. Uh, we'll keep rocking it and we'll keep rocking it. Uh, it's going to be the biggest year on YouTube ever for the FFPC. And we're so glad you're here for it. Thanks so much, everybody, for, for putting up with the technical difficulties I was having tonight. Your weekend officially starts right now. Thank you.
This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. It was broadcast live and was watched around the world. Balky and Farrell will be back next week with more analysis, more interviews, and more advice from guests much smarter than they are. Thanks for watching, and we'll talk with you again next week. I believe this was, uh, if I remember correctly from the YouTube uh, thumbnail that uh, Aiden put together, I believe this is episode 610, 610 all time of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. And by my count, by my recollection, this is the first time I started the show in one spot and ended the show in a totally different location. Gotta love the internet, gotta love technology, and we gotta love you. Thanks so much for watching, everybody. Be good. We'll talk with you again on Tuesday night. For the Rotoviz HSLD, 10-9 Central, and then this program, High Stakes Fantasy Football, or next Friday at 10-9 Central. Have a good weekend, everybody.